1: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My nephew needs me to record. See, I
0: hate, I already hate it, I hate it. All right, hello, welcome back. Chase Thomas podcast, taping this on a Wednesday evening, 991, the Sports Animals Afternoon Drive host with... Will West, Tyler Ivins is here. What's up, bud? Tyler and Will. Tyler, good evening. How are you?
1: You know, man, I am uh first and foremost, thanks for a few minutes. I was like I was like uh being able to separate my my evening. I had some plans I wanted to get knocked out, but I would much rather would do this. Uh I'm doing really well. I'm um it's crazy man not to sound like a total absolute stereotypical person but i can't believe it's already the end of august and it feels like it was just the new year but uh i'm doing well man east tennessee is uh it's hot but it's uh very very anxious to get to nashville this saturday
0: it feels like fall right now though we my wife and i just took the dog for a little walk it was feeling right. like fall and i'm like this is perfect football weather oh. right before tennessee kicks off oh. and like we get this fake fall i'm here for it i'm i'm excited Dude.
1: Uh, it's so weird because when I say this, it makes it seem like that I would be like a lover of country music, which could not be further from the truth. Do a lot of people assume you are? It's weird. I'm a football flannel fire pit yeah. guy. And I think when they find out I'm from East Tennessee, mm. initially, they're just like, oh, man. So, like, what's your favorite country honors fill in the blank? Um, I think it just because mm. I think just because people, it, you know, what's weird because people found out uh, I spent majority of my life in the South. They just assume I'm a brace fan or I'm a Titans fan or that I like country music. I love sweet tea. There's like some things about it that like the stereotypical or the assumptions would be accurate, but most um, stereotypical
0: Southern thing about you.
1: It's a really good question. Um, I think is, um, I I think you already touched on it that I like country music. Oh, so Um, you do like it. No, I can't. Oh, brother. Uh, I'm actually a huge classic rock, like 80s hairband guy. Okay. Um, When I want to clear my brain, dude, I I have a very eclectic playlist that I listen to, but Uh I listen to a lot of hard rock. I listen to, uh, that's kind of what gets me amped up, much like a player before a game. Uh If you had Will on right now, he'd tell you, my playlist in our office is a whole lot of gets me in the zone. How am I going to tease this topic? A lot of the small psychologies that come with our industry and Mm. come for setting up a daily show. Oh no, I'm, I'm but are you doing this before
0: each segment so you're doing it throughout the day throughout oh, no, the no, no, show no.
1: So, so so right now will and i are uh, a lot of our shows are out of the studio we, we're, mm-hmm. we're with a lot of clients uh those days that i am in, in office will and i share an office together in the corner mm-hmm. there are some times where i'll turn on like we're giving away guns and roses tickets right now on our station mm-hmm. i've been listening to a lot of gnr um, if we're in the car together, going somewhere, or if I'm in the office, I'll have Motley Crue turned up. Okay. Um, maybe not to the level I want now that I do afternoons and the office is full, but I kid you not. There were times when we used to do mornings together and Will and I would be in the building four thirty five o'clock in the morning mm. and we'd be the only ones there. And if my speakers to my computer or Bluetooth could go up another night, I would push it. That's just kind of like the, like I'm, I'm a very creature of habit yeah not so much where like i eat the same things but like i know the music i like yeah uh, i know the directions i like to go um i kind of have a feel for it's kind of like a pitcher in baseball yeah uh, i know what. do you have a the daily routine for basketball? the office
0: like do you have a routine that you hand like how you yeah. approach your day to get ready for
1: yeah. four hour um, drive time show wake up uh depending on what day of the week it is uh i get caught up on the dvr from the night before especially okay. if, it's a, if it's a west coast game um i usually am a coffee in the morning type guy how do you take um, your coffee
0: are you a black coffee guy do you put uh, stuff in yeah it?
1: black is the screens behind me man i can't yeah. I, I can't i'm not big on the on the drive through pumps and it's black as my i always kid Same. around black as my soul um
0: mahalo coffee it's my go-to get that grounded up love mahalo
1: uh, I not a sponsor, it could be. Yeah, continue. No, it could it could hey hey every door's open
0: hey man Trust like i just throw them out there where i'm like some of these i can do 30 seconds how what what is the most genuine 30 second ad read you could do for a company right now locally in knoxville like right would you be like it. yeah uh
1: you know what i'll do you one better just throw out a random company as long as they're not competing with somebody that i already have throw out oh, a random see
0: company. i don't know i can't do that because i might I, I don't know um
1: uh, like like think, think of anything um hmm Okay, coffee. So coffee. Let's I don't have a coffee. So I just mentioned like if okay Dunkin'
0: Dunkin' Donuts. Big competitor. Mm.
1: Okay, okay. So I'm cutting weight right now to do television. Mm. trying to get rid of the second. Um, hey, it's Tyler ivinson from the Sports Animal. You're probably saying to yourself, Man, I need a little kick in the morning, but mm. usually it's kind of my lunchtime and I gotta make sure that I stay on an even kill. If you haven't tried the skinny vanilla latte from our friends over at Duncan, listen mm. you're talking about zero cuts of sugar yada yada cliff notes cliff notes cliff notes what are your merrier one of the mini area locations in knoxville and then you put a nice little capper on it there's a story to be told with every kind of presentation that you
0: do yeah did you like when you were growing up because uh, you're one of those folks like some radio folks have it some don't but like larry king was never going to do anything other than talk radio you like you listen to him. vince Gully was always going to be on the yeah. radio um your voice is a natural radio voice. Did that was that something that you had all along and your folks, your friends were always telling you like, "Oh yeah, you you belong in radio. You have a radio voice." Cuz you do. You have a very strong natural radio voice.
1: Thank you. Um so growing up, I knew I wanted to do this for a living. Mm. Now, what entity of this that I did not know. Um I grew up every night going to bed with SportsCenter in the background. Mm. If I didn't hear Stuart Scott and SVP doing the desk highlights, I felt like that I was kind of in a position that I wasn't comfortable. Mm. I thought television would be the route I went, but I've always been kind of this, I've kind of always had this round jaw, broad shoulder, and growing up as a 37-year-old, I thought, "Well, oh, man, I'm I'm not a... I'm not a model. I don't have this Mm. Hollister, Abercrombie, chest, stomach looks. So maybe radio is where I need to go. Mm. Um, And the more and more I started learning about the industry, the more it intrigued me. And I was always brought up, raised by my family, that if you want something bad enough, and and we hear it often, it's just like, how bad do you want it? Mm. There's this, but how bad do you want it? And I just remember the more and more I started getting into the kind of ups and downs, the learning, the nuances that came with this industry, I thought to myself, oh, man, I want to do this. Mm. And then from there, I had to make a decision because I'm such a big baseball guy. I love baseball. Do I want to be a baseball play by play voice or do I want to do like sports talk radio? And the more and more I started trying out both of the sides of the broadcast booth, I thought, oh, no. Because there is a lot of the creative side that comes with it. Some people can mm. just walk to a studio, Chase, and they can yeah. say something ridiculous like a sizzling pan of bacon and hope the phone line rings, and then that's it for three hours. It's They just let people drive what they want to talk about. Yeah, Where we're going now in the world of sports, in the industry that it is today, with so many different opportunities that are at the fingertips of so many people, it takes so much more than just saying something ridiculous enough that people think you believe. I mean, because come on, there's there are a lot of people out there, and I've had some of those same people who we watch every day, mm. and we listen to every day, look at me in a studio through a glass once the camera goes dark or the mic goes off, and they just sit there and they wink at you, and it's just like there's a certain part of showbiz to it, but then there's mm. a certain part of you getting your point across and having a conversation with somebody because i've always wanted to learn new things like i'm, I'm always learning i like mm. i frequently will go to youtube and like i'll watch something Chase like uh, this is what would happen if yellowstone exploded and then i'll look <laughs> on the right of the youtube and there's a video link that's like do you want to learn how to make sushi and i'm like uh of course i do yeah. so i'm always wanting somebody to teach me something mm. I, i'm always doing homework I, that's that 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 part of life to me is What's the most recent thing you
0: good. taught yourself from going down these rabbit holes? What's your favorite recent YouTube rabbit hole that you're now you can now do because of it?
1: What I can do that that or would just be, learned? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just recently learned that a Tyrannosaurus Rex can swim.
0: Oh, really? Or uh, could sure. swim? I don't think they still. Like so, swim. Like,
1: I didn't know that. I mean, their arms are so short. I would just assume. Yeah the ignorance that, okay, it's a T-Rex. He's a monster. He's a carnivore. You better not let him catch you on land. Yeah. No, that, sucker, that sucker can swim, which is even more terrified. Right. So if we lived in the prehistoric age or Jurassic Park was real, real, you're not jumping in the water because a T rex can chase you. Oh.
0: I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, so, I'm so glad we're not in the food chain. Can you imagine growing up during oh, that time with being in the food chain? Humans are lucky in this regard. We're not in the food chain.
1: There's that aspect of it. And we just recently talked about this on the air. Uh, mm. I don't remember what direction we were going in for it but um, without question, if we put every show host on our station in a horror movie, I without yeah. question would be the first person to go.
0: You would be going. You would go. You would go first.
1: I'd go one. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm the stereotypical guy that's in every single one of those movies.
0: Interesting. They
1: either, they either don't follow the warning signs that are about to happen or yeah. or we're the meathead guy who is. And I, I don't. I mean, I don't characterize myself as a meathead, but there are people who are just like, oh, Ivans will absolutely would walk up to somebody in a hockey mask or with a burnt face with some type of sharp weapon and be like, go ahead. And then my head would be rolling down the stairs and it's everybody like would quote, roll Have right?
0: you seen that meme quote from the guy stabbed? What are you going to do, stab me?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm not, I don't think I'm that type of guy, but it's, I guess, because of the personality <laughs> that comes out, which I'll take that vote. If that's a badge of honor, I'll take it. Yeah. I just... Yeah, that's some of the some of the goodies That's funny. That
0: I think I would be the opposite. My wife is would follow your lead where like my wife is a very like she would go down that rabbit hole where it's like he's probably OK. And then it's yeah. like, no, he's probably right, not right, OK. Right. Like, Still yeah, looking no, for a
1: pulse, but my head's attached for my torso. It's yeah. Like it make, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love it. Um, speaking of sports radio takes, though, Tyler, if you had to make your strongest vols, like think of like the most stereotypical sports radio take but it only pertains to this 2023 falls football team, what would it be? What would be the strongest one you could have? Like you come to break and you're just like, next, I'm going to tell you why blank with this particular Vols football thing.
1: Next, I'm going to tell you how Next, I'm going to tell you how Joe Milton is going to be the next Tennessee quarterback to be a first round pick. Ooh. And if I wanted to go like completely like splash grease from a bacon pan, second time I've used that reference in four minutes, mm-hmm. uh I would say why Joe Milton is only going to be the fourth quarterback in Tennessee history to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. Cafico, Manning, and Schuler, and then Joe Milton. Because here's the thing about Joe. Mm. Um, we all know that Joe Milton looks like the Statue of David. We all know that Joe Milton has been blessed with a thunderbolt on his right arm. We know Joe Milton has the million-dollar smile. We know Joe Milton has the abilities, the attributes, and every creative player feature of any sports game we've ever played. I go back to the psychology. Maybe I made a comment to you about it before you hit record. Maybe I've done it in the c- couple minutes here. Um, I love the psychology of how the brain works, mm-hmm. and I'm also the type of person where I, t- I I pay attention to the the most minute details. It's it, it's weird to me. Maybe it's a maybe it's one of my pros or cons, whatever it may be. But I what I can say is. I remember last year when I had a chance to catch up with Joe, just in just normal media sessions, because all the focus is, uh, was on Hinder, and, and as it mm. always it would be for the starting quarterback. And I remember there were times I had a chance just to chat one-on-one with Joe. And it's weird. I, the camera angle, I'll, I'll try to pull it off from where I am. Mm. Joe's body language was always slumped forward. Shoulders were always tucked in. Or anytime I talked to him, he'd be like, leaning back. like Like, I don't or I'd ask a question and there would be no time to like process it. It would just be mm. reaction. This is what he would say. Like, so you could tell when you go back and listen to these interviews or you re watch the interviews with them, there's that Joe Milton. Mm. I remember at sec media days this year, I was in Nashville mm. and the, uh, the media team at Tennessee brought Joe to me and he sat mm. him down. And I remember sitting there watching Joe sit down, adjust his blazer, adjust his neck and his necktie. And I go, hey, I promise I'm not going. And I just made a reference to a joke I made towards him before he went on the microphone after the orange and white game.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
1: kind of my way of being like, if you don't remember who I am, because Joe gets interviewed hundreds of times. How? Why, mm-hmm. why would he know who I am just because I work for the flagship? He shouldn't know me. So I made a joke, a point of emphasis to be like, if you don't remember who I am, here's what you need to know. And he laughed. He was like, oh, yeah, that's right. How are you? Mm-hmm. Within that interview, I remember asking Joe specifically, I said, you know, tell me something a little bit different about it or walk me through kind of how things are going to be different. Because the comment Joe made at the Orange and White game simply was this. Mm. He said, I'm Joe Milton. I've been blessed and I've earned this opportunity this time around. I'm just going to take things one day at a time. I'm not going to let my plate get full. Mm. So at SEC Media Days, I reset the question and I said, I asked you at the end of April, hey, Is your plate still full? What are you going to do about it? How is it going to be different this time? I'm going to ask you that same question. Have you done that? Have you stayed true to yourself? What exactly has the last couple months been without the orange and white game? Mm. And I watched Joe Milton go. This is the first time I've ever seen Joe Milton thinker. There wasn't that reaction immediately. Mm. I didn't see Joe Milton slouch over. I saw... The shoulders the chest the confidence the eyes the lock-in he didn't just like stare at something to the side of the table we were at in nashville and answer the question that way this guy had i'm talking looking into the pupils of my eyes soul comments and just said you know i have done that and this isn't going to be the same joe mill i mean it's it's everywhere you can hear people writing about it the uh, the archives you can find an any of our websites And I remember specifically asking him, Joe, what do you mean by that? Like, tell Mm -hmm. me, like, give me a a receipt of what do you mean you almost didn't think you could do that? And he flat out was just like, yeah, there was one time where I thought about quitting. I got hurt, hit and took over the job, and I had to ask myself, I'm 6'5", I'm this weight, I'm this fast with this much arm speed, but can I really be a collegiate athlete? And watching somebody who didn't guard himself, just sat there and just replied and just answered truthfully. Once you conquer that barrier where you don't have to feel like that you have to answer like a robot for a college football program or an SID isn't staring you down with some script on what you have to say loaded in your ear, not only is Josh Hypel allowing these players to show their personalities and be themselves, not giving them some kind of script they have to go off of, but they're so relaxed they can be themselves and not have to worry. Is this quote going to get back to my coach, and is he going to just absolutely just tongue-lash me, good or bad, for whatever reason? Yeah, I'm not just saying this because it's rah, rah, rah. Oh, that guy works for the flagship. He's supposed to just be uh, Tennessee. He's I have a very, very deep feeling that there is something that has been unlocked by Joe Milton, and I think Tennessee is going to absolutely take full advantage of this. And I think we're gonna see it very early out of the gate. I mean, I think at the point in time now Joe's just tired of being like, Hey, how did practice look today? Just get to Saturday, just get to Nashville and just play Virginia.
0: And I think too, what's gonna be frustrating is that like my opinion on Joe and where I see Joe and where this team goes ultimately will not be decided in the next two weeks. It'll be decided in the swamp. And I think people who are like, see, he's ready. And it's like, well, it's I mean, Virginia they had their number one pass rusher in this game on Saturday. 20 and a half point spread whatever it is austin p like you should the tennessee's offense should outscore right. their first two opponents depending on what the clock looks like because i'm curious to see how many possessions that ends up taking away from tennessee over the course of a season but you're still looking at at least 100 uh 100 to 13 ish for their first two weeks is what i would look at um as a realistic option here and they should roll and we're like no cooper should be fine but like it's what happens in Florida, like Florida's now down to what, three uh, with Cam rising out. <laughs> so Utah doesn't have their starting quarterback uh, on Thursday night. Florida wins that game at Utah. That gets them off onto the right foot. That gets them like, hey, we are we're going to be all right this year. Graham Mertz, if he has a good day, like that just changes everything, because if you look at the Florida, Tennessee history, Tyler, you know it better than anybody, like it's tennessee's best opportunities when florida's unranked when florida because you play them so early if florida gets hit in the mouth and they don't look like the traditional top five top 10 team even though they have the talent that's a that is huge for tennessee but if florida wins that game they're going to be ranked going into that game against tennessee and it's going to be a night primetime game and that's the lights are back on joe and joe hasn't really been in that spot like clemson is cool and a lot of people really extrapolate a lot from that but it's like it's a ball game a lot of dudes out in and out he was good Uh, I would say good, not great. And then Vanderbilt, again, a wash. It's Florida. That's what
1: we that that's the one where I'm like, all eyes are on Joe. Is that fair? Uh a hundred percent. Everything you said, um, I feel like I have said in some capacity this week and leading into the situation. Now, in fairness there is a lot to take away from the Virginia game, not named Joe Milton. How mm-hmm. much depth do you have at the offensive line? Who exactly is your two deeps in the secondary? That was ranked one of the worst in college football last year. Is Keenan Peeley, who all indications and in what we've seen at practice, this guy's the real deal. A 25-year-old who's already married. A mm-hmm. captain for BYU, who I believe is one of the most violent defenses in all of college football under Kalani Satake. So yeah, storyline, 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 but that's not answering the question about Joe Milton. Yeah. Tennessee will not get there. Are you ready to have baptism by fire moment, September 16th? And the last yep. time we saw Joe Milton in the swamp, Hidden Hooker hadn't had his best day. He was in a mop-up duty. And even when they got into the red, uh, the orange zone, as they call it, the red zone mm. of scoring near the end of the game, Joe was just overthrowing players. It was, it was not, you could tell he wasn't comfortable. And by that time, the game was already out of hand. <clears throat> Joe Milton, as much as I would like to applaud him for admirably filling in after Hendon goes down in Columbia. A rain-soaked Nashville day where every person knew they're going to hand that ball off until the clock runs out. They did just that. And then in the Clemson game where Clemson, for the most part, was about 80%, 85% full-strength defensively. They lost one or two players to the draft. But the test for me that made me feel confident in seeing what Joe did was Clemson had a month to prepare for Tennessee's offense. Mm. If you're going to face something like Tennessee – you better get it beginning of the season. It's To me, I always look at Tennessee's offense kind of like you facing in a military school. Unless mm. you're playing that military school week one and you've had five months, six months to get ready for Army or Air Force or Navy, yeah. you have no business scheduling Tennessee. Just kind of like how Tennessee got out of the Army game a couple of years back. Yeah. It was like, this is absolutely ludicrous that an SEC team thinks they're going to... What do they win? Mm. But the point is, Tennessee's first test to find out if, in fact, Joe Milton has been cured of this disease this disease of overthrows this disease of second guessing looks of just processing josh heupel's offense that won't be answered for another two and a half plus weeks but what we can it's funny
0: like i popped up on other shows over the last couple weeks and people ask like the Joe Milton accuracy thing. And I don't know if you're like me in this regard, where I'm like, that's not an issue for me. I'm not worried about interceptions. Josh Heupel's quarterbacks don't throw picks. Joe Milton's not going to throw picks. He hasn't even thrown a pick yet uh, in a Tennessee uniform. Like, I'm not worried about that. I think his completion percentage is actually pretty solid this year. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about five sacks in the Florida game. I'm worried about the left tackle and right tackle. John Campbell, we'll see. Right tackle, we'll see. We'll see on the left side of the whole offensive line. Like, Hinden Hooker was so good at knowing when to take off and was just a yeah. more natural runner when things broke down in the first read or second read. And he was like, I, I gotta go. I don't know if Joe is ever going to be wired like that. I think he still just wants to step back and sit in the pocket. And I think with this offensive line, I don't know if he's going to be able to get away with that throughout the course of a whole big game against Alabama, against Georgia, against Florida. I mean, maybe even against South Carolina, definitely against AM that is my biggest thing it's like it's not the accuracy it's not stuff through the air i think he'll be fine there because just about every i mean every hypo quarterback is in this regard where it's different is he's not mobile and he can drop some weight that we'll see if that matters he's lowered his head before but that's also how he's gotten banged up before by running the football i i don't know that to me is the biggest joe milton thing Do, do you share that sentiment
1: uh, what, I sh- what I, what I, there's a lot of that. I agree with the, the part. So let's, let's, let's unravel it from the beginning. Um, the offensive line is without question, the biggest question, because mm-hmm. if you don't have how fantastic that offensive line was last year, Hinden hooker doesn't come close to sniffing the success yeah. that he did. Uh, I've said it before on the airwaves and I'll, and I'll even add to it again. Joe Milton is the most important piece to the University of Tennessee success in 2023. The hmm. second most important piece is his name's Cooper Mays. Yeah. Knowing the importance of what that man means at center. And days after we found out about the procedure, yeah. we're already hearing from Glenn Ellerby about, hey, we have great depth, but we're having problems getting the quarterback the ball. Snapping was becoming an issue. Um, when asked who's the most important piece to the transfer portal, you could talk about, oh man, Dante Thornton. Kid can run 24 miles. Okay, that's great. Yeah. And you can get somebody like Gabe Judy Lott. That's great. Keenan Pelton That's great. John Campbell Jr., he's an enigma to me for a reason. And it's a question that I still haven't been able to find the answer to yet. He leaves Miami mm-hmm. where he was a productive starter. He's the starting left tackle for a Miami team that now has Mario Cristobal as their head football coach. Mario Cristobal, who, of course, became famous mm-hmm. because what? what he did at tackle position on the offensive Mm. line. So you leave a university. We're already the starter. Things seem to be going well. A head coach comes in in year number one, and his expertise is the position that you play I hope we don't find out something down the line that maybe it's like, uh, maybe he wore out his welcome and maybe somebody was going to take him, take his job from him. But to me, it was just very peculiar that John Campbell Jr. would leave a situation. Like if I'm a chef, I'm not, I'm not saying screw you, Gordon Ramsey. And, and I'm <laughs> not even saying that that's what happened, but it, it's very peculiar to find out that, look, if my whole mission is to go to the next level and to make millions of dollars as a, well, you know, left tackle franchise, left tackle who protects quarterbacks, maybe this is the place I need to be. Now seeing Gerald Mincy get shifted over to the right side, Mincy already beat J.J. Crawford out for the job last year, but now that's not the case anymore. Where yep. Right now, you the depth chart tells you that Crawford's going to start over Mincy. What does it mean at left guard? I've gone through this whole spill about the offensive line and how important it was last year. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, you got to replace a top 10 pick and Darnell Wright. Man, Justin Fields must be smiling that they got an offensive tackle. In my opinion, Darnell Wright was a very, 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 cannot stress enough important piece for what Tennessee did. Mm -hmm. And then I started hearing the stories about how important, just how massive of a piece Jerome Carvin was last year for this offense line. Like, one of my favorite parts about having a Josh Heupel staff and interviewing them is that Mm. Josh trusts his coordinators. Josh trusts his coaches. There's a lot of programs I've covered. You get to talk to the coordinators once a year, and it's their Mm. open day because the coach doesn't want to do it. I Listening to people like Glenn Ellerby and Mike Eckler, they have so much personality, and they'll even share a couple of things where if you're smart enough to hear what they're saying in the situation, you can do the puzzle yourself. Listening to Glenn Ellerby just he didn't have to puzzle. He just flat out told us, Hey guys, hope you guys have had a great spring, man. Our offensive I've got to tell you guys, and I'm paraphrasing, I gotta tell you guys right now how big of a piece and hard it was having Jerome Carvin. You guys might not have known this, and he flat out tells us that Jerome Carvin was essentially battling injury all last year, and it was an entire process beginning early Saturday morning to get him ready in pads, get him stretched out, and even get him to where his body was capable of doing four SEC quarters. So we could talk about how important this guy did because of what we know from the draft. But just to assume that everything is going to be upright and everything's ready to go when the big games happen, I think that'd be foolish, and I think it's very, very important and very astute of you for pointing it out.
0: It's not great when Cooper starts the, year not available, and then you just look at it and you're like, okay, all he's going to have to move over, all he's going to be playing everything this year. I, hope I just you say this? It. I just yeah. say
1: this, and I, and I don't want to. And they, I, we've, we've been. I know what's wrong with Cooper, and I've been asked not to say it. Mm. When I heard about what happened with Cooper the first thing that came to mind was, oh, wow, I need to adjust my win total on the year.
0: Hmm. And
1: then when it got confirmed, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to completely flip this. I think of the actual quote on the air on my show I said was, if Cooper Mays isn't on the field for Tennessee against Virginia, I'll panic. And then I heard the situation and I went, if Cooper Mays is on the football field before Florida, I'm going to lose my mind. It's not something that he can re-injure. It's Hmm. taken care of. It's cleaned up. But let's just say you don't want to see any type of aggravations and it be brought up again Mm. not and 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 here's what sucks man in my industry what i do right now i'm not breaking news guy like Mm. there are so many people you can follow on twitter there's so many people even in our building who need who break more news than me and they need to break more news and and that's not what i got in this industry for is to be like i heard a rumor this is what i put on twitter you better mention me and credit me as the sort hell no i'll never be that guy nor do Mm. i ever want to be that guy but I kind of understand the position I'm in, and I understand there are a lot of people who tune in for what they tune in. And out of respect, I'll just simply say it's not season-ending. It's great that it got taken care of, but if what you need to do to get him back on the football field is for him to miss a game like Virginia, and come on, Austin P. good. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, a lot of these tests don't begin until September 16th.
0: Um, I have a question. This is a, a broad one for you, Tyler. This is something that I've uh, pulled a lot of Falls fans and I don't know if a lot of people are ready for this Because I think two things can be true I think Tennessee's defense has more depth I also think When you look at this depth chart Especially in the secondary I think Tennessee fans who are expecting A big jump in that regard This year are going to be Poorly mistaken Where you look at that first cornerback And safety depth chart Tank McCullough is still back there Wesley Walker back there yeah, Tamarion McDonald's been banged up. You yeah. see it, how they've moved around different guys. Andre Turin time might have to be a big factor this year. Brandon Turinage, wa- uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, uh, uh. Why am I blanking? Uh, Bur- Warren Burrell back in the fold. Yeah. I, I don't want to be right about this, but my heart of hearts feels like the secondary is actually going to be worse this year, and we're going to be playing oh, freshmen that are going to have to be thrown out there who are talented, I think we're moving in the right direction. I'm excited about Jordan Matthews. I'm excited about Ricky Gibson. I think they're moving in the right direction. I don't think you see those dividends this year. And I think if you're a Vol fan, you are praying that Joshua Josephs, James Pierce, and Caleb Herring are dudes right away. Because if they're dudes right away, that helps a bunch on this back end. But if Roman Harrison's not getting home, if Tyler Barron's banged up, and that we are looking at a situation where you're counting on this secondary and who might be back there in these big games, yeah. I right now, my gut, and I don't want to be right about this, is I think the past defense is actually going to be worse than it was a year ago. And uh, am I crazy here, Tyler? Have you considered oh. this?
1: Come on. Come on. Um, Nothing is worse in my industry than hearing somebody who the lazy sports takes of the guy who just follows the football because he watches it on his television and tries to turn it. I don't think I would do with myself credit or my listeners credit without watching the all 22. And Mm. and we, and we, you know, we go back and we watch those all 22 films and get a chance to be able to look at the entire film and and see how it kind of plays out there's no punchline joke that can be made that hasn't already been made about what Willie Martinez's unit had last year. And that Mm. was a lot of people who disappointed their time, were a disappointment, not out of the position, but also trying to slow down some of the talents in the SEC. What makes it kind of even harder to believe is when you find out that they have, wait for it, 17 scholarship athletes in the secondary, and they couldn't mm. find four who were able. And look, there were times Jalen McCullough was even suspect last year. Trayvon Flowers, yeah. obviously, there were a lot of people. He can't be you know, free of the blame. This is what I will tell you. I think that the very obvious Achilles heel to be able to beat Tennessee is, look, not only do you have to pass to be able to stay in a track meet with Tennessee, but mm. it's very, very clear that Tennessee's weaknesses in the secondary. It's kind of hard to believe that this defense was ranked last year, at least running. They were like 36 best in the nation, but because yeah. they were so bad in the secondary, I believe they were 127 to 131. They were the fourth yeah. worst. Coincidentally, the were the, the only program off the top of my head who I know was worse in the passing. Alex Golish has left Tennessee to take over that job in South Florida. Yeah. So I, I I think even Tennessee fans will admit that they hope you're wrong about that.
0: I but hope to, I'm wrong about this. <laughs> write, but to yeah. wave
1: this magic yeah. wand and be like, okay, um, Kamal Haddon's going to stop running his mouth and he's going to be able to keep somebody in front of him. He's okay. banged up to start the year. Exactly. Huge if. Mm. Whenever I immediately see that, and I, look, I'm a Danico Slaughter guy. I, when I, saw I love Slaughter, Danico. Danico is my guy. I,
0: Roswell, stand yeah. up. He's the only one I am. Him and Wesley Walker... I'm good. When, he,
1: when they got walking from Georgia Tech, I went, get him out of star, put him at safety. They yeah. did, I was like, okay. And look, the first time somebody asks me how to set up a defense, it'll be the first time ever. Uh, <laughs> huge move. Love that. Yeah. I thought the big reason to go out and get a piece like Gabe Judy Lawley was to, in fact, try to shore up. Look, you're not going to mm-hmm. have a lockdown Rivas Island player, but you're going to have somebody who is, in fact, Disciplined and has played in the SEC before. Now saying playing in defense or vanity, whatever jokes can make themselves. I think that this year, the one person who has to have, must have, has got to absolutely find a way to improve what he did is Kamal Hatton. Yeah. If Kamal Hadden is still lost, if Kamal Hadden is still dealing with issues with being lost in coverage. I didn't think anybody would ever be able to replace a punchline joke after Warren Burrell's performance against Purdue two years ago in the Music City Bowl. And then Kamal Haddon, every time they cut to him in the Carolina game, he was doing more yapping with Shane Beamer than he was holding down somebody in front of him. All I have heard, all I have heard and seen is that there's no player who has more talent that is yet to be unlocked on this Tennessee team, not defensively, the entire roster, than Kamal Haddon. Now, hmm. granted, that's fine whenever you're going up against somebody who you see four seven times a week. But Kamal Haddon, when he is put in a situation where you must stop somebody for us to have a chance to win this game, that has to happen this year. Because if yeah. you want to go back quickly, quickly, if you want to go back to the – it sounds like all Tyler did the first 30 minutes, 20 minutes of this podcast was hype up Joe Milton. Hmm. There's one thing that absolutely Tennessee fans should be terrified about, and it's this. Last year, how often did you see Tennessee just haymaker back into the game? Mm. Dallas Turner, fumble return, touchdown. Allie, that could be the final now. Alabama has the lead here in the Neyland Stadium. 71 seconds later. Boop. Tennessee scoring drive. One minute, 16, 17 seconds. Three plays, 84 yards. Hidden Hooker without blinking would go. Okay, cool. Answer.
0: He was a machine. He just could wipe it's his brain. Not guaranteed yeah.
1: that Joe Milton can go back under center and go, Oh, cool. Like a Michael Jordan 1990s yeah. commercial. Anything you can do, I can do better. And they hit and shot. It should not be guaranteed that Joe Milton can go out there and answer the bell and rebuttal as quickly as his best friend did last year. That secondary has got, must get off the field on third down. Mm-hmm. And how many quarterbacks do they think f- Tennessee fans are gonna roll their eyes when I say this. There are so many talented quarterbacks that they face in the conference, not in the conference, Frank Harris, UTSA, Mm -hmm. who when they see third and short, they go one look, two look, there's my whole first down. And Tennessee fans are throwing $16 beers on the ground going, why can't we get off the field on third down? Yeah, I think there are going to be aspects of the defense that are improved. I don't believe the secondary is going to be one of them. But just like you said, and I will co-sign like an apartment roommate – I hope you're wrong. And you know what? For the sake of this discussion, I hope I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then one quick thing on the defense, last thing here with the defense. One of the things I think is funny is like the cliches where it's like Keenan Peeley's just an adult. He's mature. He's bringing maturity to the room. He's a captain. He's married. I'm like, that's all great. I saw what that defense was when Jeremy Banks didn't play against South Carolina. I saw Jeremy Banks getting home a lot. I saw Jeremy Banks on the field was an extremely good SEC linebacker.
1: He didn't look like somebody who started as a running back. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
0: And when people talk about Peely and the upgrade, I'm like, uh, you're confusing Juwan Mitchell with Jeremy Banks because Juwan Mitchell. Yeah, if it was Juwan Mitchell, he was replacing. Oh, you're like, great. This is fantastic. Jeremy Banks, like that's he was an important cog to this Tennessee team, made a lot of big plays and a lot of big games. On the field you could rely on Jeremy Banks and Jeremy Banks was a very good linebacker for Tennessee last year I'm not saying Keenan Peely can't be better but when people talk about Peely and the upgrade there I'm like I gotta see that because Banks was actually a very important good linebacker for this group last year and I think people cloud the off the field stuff with what he actually did in the on-field production is that fair
1: No, I no. So from the from a Jeremy Bank standpoint, I'm a firm believer in people who get second chances, Mm. and there is no person who I believe who earned a second chance more than Jeremy Banks. Say, you know how things ended in his Tennessee career, and it's a shame too because I think a lot of people. In today's age, is what have you done for me lately, or what yeah. was the lasting impression? Jeremy Banks could have had a better lasting impression or exit impression than what he did. There's no questioning that whatsoever. From a Keenan Peely standpoint, that exact it's almost that exact statement is something that I've brought up. I brought it up today, I brought it up again on Monday. So yeah, I've brought it up twice this week. About the maturity and leadership that needs to be seen on the football field. So I said, you know what? Instead of just being like, I'm 25, I'm married, I transferred to an SEC school, why don't I just go look at what he did? Yeah. I went back and I watched his film last year. And what I saw was a guy who third down coverage and pass, we'll see if there's improvements there. I think that's why the stars can be so important this year in Tim Banks' defense. But what I did see was a guy who, if he missed his hole, I saw a guy who his recovery speed off the whole depending on what, whatever he shot. If he missed the opportunity, if he read the hand, if he read the handback, if he read the handoff wrong, mm. if he saw the blocking assignment, this is a guy whose recovery speed was absolutely just flawless. And I thought to myself, okay, captain, I got leadership roles. That's fine, especially at BYU getting a captaincy, as we've heard for so many years. That's like wearing. It's like playing soccer and wearing nine or wearing 10 or going wearing hockey 99. BYU captaincies very prominent, which then leads me to this point. Let's say Keenan Peely is not who we think he is, or let's say the difference between Mountain West, whatever schedule, and the independent schedule in the SEC is, is night and day difference. Mm-hmm. I think that if that in fact does happen, I think that there will be enough time spent where plan B and Boy, is it a massive Plan B! I think that the question should be: One, will Keenan Peely be as good as advertised? Question one: B, if he's not as good as advertised, is it going to be a point in time where you hit the big red button of ejection and is Arian Carter ready? Arian, and Carter that's a good
0: if- problem to have, right? Like that's oh, why oh, that's that was- why you're, if you're a Vol fan, you feel better because there was no option after Jeremy Banks. That was the yes, problem: is there was exactly. nothing behind Banks. It's exactly. not that you're, there was nothing there. And we The, the cupboard was bare. That's why everything went awry in South Carolina. Like, if Kean Peely's not as good as Jeremy Banks was a year ago, fine. You have Arian Carter right behind him. You have a guy who might be a
1: stud as a true freshman. There's a reason why who Alabama cares? was looking through yeah. the gymnasium windows, hoping he hadn't picked yet, and said, yeah. Can we just get one more chat with you before we put the Tennessee hat on? kid doesn't look 18 at times yeah. he practices like he's 18 but Brian jean Marie who's definitely not the person to come out and go stamp has mm. come out and go this kid is this kid. it's almost as if like eh, maybe yeah okay maybe 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 and then we'll see how SEC practices work for the guy but again
0: that's us only recruit linebackers who are exactly, running backs until the you want to walk into a
1: burning you don't want to walk into a burning house and go where's the fire oh there's the fire <laughs> You don't yeah. even want to know what the fire extinguisher is. Let's hope it's not a problem.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll be fine, and I think that'll be good. Uh, final thing, and I'll get you out of here, Tyler. Tennessee beats Alabama in back-to-back years. Why? Because a lot of folks are talking themselves into Georgia. A lot of and I, I'm, I'm not there. I thought they That's were going to beat Alabama they- last year. When you look at the history of this rivalry, it's very streaky. When Tennessee gets on a roll, They win a lot in a row. When Alabama wins, we know Alabama wins a lot in succession. Could we be seeing the tide, sorry for the pun there, turning here? Because I think at this point, I would be more surprised if Tennessee loses at Alabama than if Tennessee beats Georgia at home. And if they do beat Alabama in back-to-back years, why do you think they do it?
1: Bama self-destructed again. Hmm uh it it's unheard of to imagine a dis- undisciplined team from Nick Saban just to begin with it's kind of like it's kind of like going to the movies and knowing you're not i mean you go to the movies you're going to overpay for popcorn i'm not going to mm. do it this time but every time you go in there and you overpay for popcorn Having a team like Alabama have, I believe, the number finished at sixteen penalties, seventeen penalties for a hundred some odd yards. That's not a Nick Saban team in any aspect of the game. That you go, okay, wow. Yeah, uh, I think that I hate that the number one to me bullet point number one is well, Bama had to beat themselves, or Bama will have to beat themselves. Look, I think it's a real, real concern. They still haven't named their quarterback now. I think by process of elimination, you can kind of see where they're leaning. Yeah, Jalen Milrow would have already been announced, nor would they have brought in who they brought in if he was the guy. So then that leads us to what? It's either Tyler Buckner or Ty Simpson. I believe Bama's best option is Ty Simpson. I think he gives them the most agility. I think he's the bigger playmaker. I think that Bama can really grow for a few, two, three more seasons, I think, till Nick Saban calls it behind Ty Simpson, and that's it. I also know that Nick Saban hated that he had to go to some of the coordinators that he had to because Bama had to stay with the times of where college football was going. I think you bring Tommy Reese in because that's the guy that Nick Saban wanted. And I know some people will go, hey, Tommy Reese. Wait, Tommy Reese at Notre Dame? Well, that's who Nick Saban wanted because Tommy Reese isn't sexy. His offense isn't sexy. You bring Tyler Buckner in, Buckner's going to go under center and hand it off 27 times, throw the ball 21 times and not give it to the other team and go, it's twenty-one to seventeen, and you got to go to the distance against our defense. Good luck. That's Alabama wants to win games. I think that particular day, what has happened is, if Tennessee is won in Tuscaloosa, it's because Nick Saban's team is giving Tennessee's offense chances to stay in the game. Mm. I think that you are going to have to see monumental efforts, not only by an offensive line that you hope has stayed healthy that entire time. But Joe Milton is going to have to go out there, and he just like sitting down for a test, he is going to have to be damn near flawless. Because last I checked, then I want to make sure I'm saying this accurately because I don't want to misspeak on your podcast. In the last decade, only one quarterback has gone into Tuscaloosa and won Mm. as a road team, and that was Joe Burrow, and they damn near lost that game. Because Jerry Judy dropped a ball in the end zone and they put Clyde Edwards a in the slot and nobody could tackle him in the secondary. It was, it was so Brady and Orgeron take burrow down to tuscaloosa and they win i want to say the last time that happened was johnny Manziel and a&m mm-hmm. won there at tuscaloosa if i'm off comment section i apologize the point is this you have to be damn near flawless to beat alabama at their house
0: and you have to have a top five offense you
1: have to have an offense that you know can run out there and that's what happened And I think that's possible. Absolutely. Now, for them to reset the records they've done the first two years, not going to happen.
0: But you don't have to reset the records. You don't have have to be a top five offense again. Exactly. Tennessee was the only power five school in 2021 not to win double digit games. They were it. There you go. And it's just, this is an offense driven sport. The floor is very, very high here. Like, it's just, it just is. And the variance of what Bama is going to have to do to beat Tennessee in Tuscaloosa with that kind of murder ball offense, we'll see. Most have tried. It's here's the list of people who have been able to stop Georgia or Tennessee to this point. Georgia, that's the end of the list. Yeah. Bama's got a lot it of talent. Wasn't very,
1: and it wasn't. It wasn't very close. I mean, it not, no. I'm trying to remember the last. Was I still covering the Big Ten and the Big Twelve the last time Tennessee made things relevant with Georgia? Uh, Dob, yeah, I was. I was still in Iowa. Dobbs Nell Boot. Man. Yeah, I mean that's
0: that's a different different conversation No yeah. bama without bryce young they get blown out last year bryce young was doing everything in that game he was bailing him out the ball where it goes over his head and he gets it out and turns it into an incompletion early in that game there are so many different plays or bryce i mean tennessee got home and bryce was able to do similar to what anthony richardson did in Nealon. where Tennessee was getting home and they just couldn't bring him down. And Anthony Richardson was just single-handedly with no receivers, no line, just keeping Tennessee Florida in the game until the very last play. I just, Uh, I think they're going to be around and it's really, really hard to make the college football playoff in today's world without a elite top 10 quarterback. You look at Max Duggan last year, you look at Stetson Bennett, you look at the groups. Like if Milrose, the guy I don't see this being a top five, top 10 offense at Alabama this year. We don't see that with Tommy Reese coach teams. I no. I'm just dubious. I don't think it's, no. I feel better about Bama than George. And I think most ball fans feel the opposite, which is interesting to
1: me. It, that is that you're right. It's very, very interesting. Um, I know it's not a popular take. A lot of people, ca- I I, man, I catch it a lot whenever I give other SEC teams compliments. Like like, like this year, for example, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm high on Kentucky. So much yeah. so, or I have a facial hair bet with my co-host. I think mm-hmm. Tennessee's going to lose. But Kentucky. what's high on Kentucky? I think Devin Leary is a first-round talent. And he's way better than Will Levis. and I, It's not the team. Yeah. It's the location on the schedule. I right. think Tennessee's in a tough spot going to Lexington. Um, the day is to i, so I, I this dude, one, style. Uh, like a, that's, oh, uh, and, I just... and, Hey, look, <laughs> Hey, covered Iowa yeah. brother. I trust me. That guy is allergic to the end zone or running any kind of sexy offense. Um, anytime I compliment any conference, Oh, you are ah, lover. You, ha- why do you hate the balls? I look at Bryce Young last year, not that he needed my respect or I didn't already know he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country, watching him get up off the mat like Stallone in a Rocky movie after Tennessee was like decapitating this kid. I was like, yep, he's the number one overall pick. That was the moment I knew it. Um, To the Bama point, as good as Bama is, I could also, Chase, make the argument, Texas could very well go down there and beat them. Don't think they do, but they very well could. I have LSU winning the division that's two losses. Do they find a way to stumble somewhere else? Probably not, but I think I'm they do. Not, they lose at AM. I'm, I'm they lost at, at A&M, AM two Bama years Bama ago, Q and like what, my co-host, will If you have yeah. him on? It'd be like, so how long do you want to talk about Bama winning the national championship? We'll be like, okay. okay. Yeah.
0: Do you know how I actually have winning the national title? Who? A M.
1: Oh, Chase, you're not supposed to be drinking during your podcast. I like
0: I'm telling you it's, it's always, they're in the top five in blue chip ratio. I think they have the best wide receiver core in the conference. If, if they have all, one
1: the of best lofters in college football, absolutely. Yeah. If Jimbo just takes,
0: yeah, if he just takes, he gets Bam at home, which is huge. He beat him at home two years ago. Huh? Connor Wegman beat LSU last year. People just forget they beat LSU down the stretch last year. Those are A- two teams we
1: forget. A&M beat LSU and yes. Vandy finished strong. And everyone's like, wait, did Vandy finish strong? Yeah, they beat Kentucky and Florida. And AM yes. beat LSU. You're exactly right.
0: Petrino is a top five offensive mind in the sport. He if is, you but you got
1: to get along, Chase.
0: But that's what I'm saying. The boomer bus, like the boom is a national title. They were yeah. on the cusp of making the playoff in 2020. They were right there with Kellamont. They were yeah. right there. We've seen it. Jimbo's won a title. They've been close at A&M. I just, everyone who loves LSU, I'm just like, all of that for me is A&M. I'm not there at Alabama. And uh, if history I... tells us anything, the national title what. is going to come out of the Southeast. It's going to be one of these Southeastern schools if it's not Ohio State. And I don't think Georgia's doing a three-peat. I don't think Bama's back. I don't think LSU's there. So by process of elimination, my brain's like, I think it's a and Everyone loves Texas. Everyone's all in the Texas thing. I think I trust a a lot more. I, I, that's my one. You heard it here you first, did, Tyler.
1: You didn't ask me, but um, my national champion is not in the SEC. And I've been hearing that for four days now.
0: Mm.
1: Michigan. It's yeah, Michigan. Michigan's the real deal.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: They I are going to gonna gonna... hold Blake Corum back till the end of the year, and then they're going to take that gas pedal and go. Mm, sure. I'm telling. It's possible
0: you, they'll be in the playoff. Probably
1: your Texas A&M pick. Yeah. Name a better roster in college football. Yeah. If you do, their odds are probably on the same level, if not, are identified as Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia. Keep going down the list.
0: Mike Bobo, Tommy Reese, Bobby Petrino, with the exact same rosters. Who do you want?
1: That's an easy you, answer. Off. You want Petrino, right? Throw Dan Enos in there as well. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. I have the same answer. It's just it, funny. It's just, you got to remove the A stuff. All you have to go to at Nashville if mm-hmm. you're if you are Jimbo Fisher and you know the questions are coming about Bobby Petrino. Just be like, Bobby's a hell of a coach. Do you know Mm -hmm. how many times I run into an ex-girlfriend's friends or parents and they're just like, yeah, I haven't seen you since you and Phil and the Brink broke up. How's Mm -hmm. Man, how is she doing? Is that great? Man, how is she? Man, that's so fantastic. How is it? Even if I couldn't give two dams, you you still answer the question and you just get past it. Not Jimbo. Jimbo (laughs) wants Oreos like a four-year-old crying in the grocery store and goes, I'm going to throw a fit unless you give me the Oreos. Mm -hmm. Jimbo, we just want to know about – I ain't going to do it. So I want that ball. God, come on, Jimbo! You can't give us forty minutes. Like, come on, mind your mm-hmm. manners, dude. But again, love and marriage. I've watched. I've watched many marriages that look like they were going to fail, and they've been awesome. Maybe this is another one.
0: Maybe. Uh, Tyler, this was great. What can the good folks check out from you and the team over at Nine Nine One, the Sports Animal? What, uh, what can you plug as we wrap up here tonight?
1: Um, first and foremost, uh, I do a lot of these. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke because we can see each other through these lenses. Uh, polished, you are. This is uh, you got you got your stuff together. That's uh, this is. Uh, I like doing things like this. You didn't waste my time. It's um, give me a shout whenever. That being said, over the that. animal, over mm. the animal. Uh, flagship, we go 13 hours strong. Um, tonight's Wednesday ball. Oh gosh, Wednesday. It's uh, Heibel's Hybelshurst ball call show. So we'll go ahead and go through all that. Uh, coming up this weekend, band's going to move over to Nashville for the game and, um, coverage is going to begin bright and early at 7 a.m. Get everything covered from there next week's first home game, Austin P. And then as we've touched on quite a few times today, I can't stand the university of Florida and I'm, and look, I'm supposed to be neutral. I'm supposed to be neutral Mm -hmm. and I am neutral. That's fine. If you live in Gainesville, Florida, you probably wear jean shorts and make meth. I cannot stand your program. I cannot wait till they just, I'm not trying, and I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan anymore. I know what the degree says and I know where I'm from and I get it. Mm -hmm. Chase, they got to beat the hell out of Florida this year because I don't want to hear it from anybody that I live next door to or around. So besides that, there, I wasn't being very very professional. And I'm sure corporate's going to see that and be like, could you turn it down a little bit? No, no, I'm not going to do it, especially (laughs) when it comes to Florida. I'm not going to do it. This is why I want to be doing. Corporate box. things. Yeah. We're going to do corporate things. That's all we're going to do. And yeah. Tennessee takes on Virginia. Uh, Vol Network coverage is going to be beginning at 10 a.m. Because I'm done at uh, 9. Yeah, I send it over to Vol Network beginning at 10. Me, Eric Gaines Troy Fleming, and the rest of the Vol Network staff.
0: There you it. go. Big week. Vol football. It's back. I'm excited to be an obnoxious Tennessee fan dressed in orange and white on this fine Saturday. Do it, dude. Do it. great Just time. Court on man just oh my god when you're this offense you can step on their necks every week like it's just it's great it's just mean it's bully ball in a fun way that is oh, what dude, the way tennessee steal plays.
1: milkshake and push them in the locker i don't advocate bullying i yeah. want you to give me lunch money and give me your milkshake i'm gonna ask for both of those Absolutely.
0: and josh heiple's gonna do it Tyler Ivins, thank you and we'll have to do this again soon
1: nicely done nephew chase thomas podcast hell yeah Right.